again, you know, in the, in the early days, even for very, very simple actions, you, uh, they were showering you with with sand. And uh, full disclosure, I, I was unfortunately I was not one of them. <laughs> so I'm kicking myself every time, you know, when I think about it, uh, so that I uh, that I missed the early days of of uh, the sandbox because it was a very ambitious project back then. I should have known. You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junas Yu. Hey guys, welcome back to the BFF Podcast. And today we are going to talk about a slightly interesting topic and is about whether or not NFT gaming is the next big side hustle. And today we have on the show again, our gaming guru, Dr. Serkan. And I really wanted to have you on because... You are a hardcore gamer, as you call yourself. And at the height of your gaming collection, you had over 40 consoles and a thousand game titles, which is insane. Uh, that is uh, almost embarrassing to say it's correct. <laughs> like, when was this? When do you start amassing this collection? Because now, you know, with such a huge collection and with your full-time job studying gaming companies and game monetization mechanics and hooks... When do you start gaming? Maybe you tell us a little bit of a backstory to it before we talk about whether or not NFT gaming is the next big side hustle. Yeah, I don't want to disclose my exact age here, but maybe <laughs> it will give you a range uh, if I say I started like sometime in the 1980s. Um, and um, so, so that was, you know, the birth of the console game industry, right? I mean, Atari was already, you know, available in the 1970s, but I was really too young for that. I can say that with pride. <laughs> but uh, I started, um, yeah, I started, you know, collecting around, I would say, the uh, Nintendo and entertainment system time uh, and um, you know uh, so I'm from Europe so I'm from Germany and mm -hmm. you know in Europe we had a, a strong home computer gaming uh, you know gaming background back then right. uh, you know so uh, people started uh, playing games on the Commodore 64 wow yeah so this is uh, I kind of like scratched that time but I was like moved to Amiga and you know things like the Amiga 500 as a gaming computer mm -hmm. mostly used as a gaming computer I didn't actually do a lot of coding at all um, and then again, then the consoles came mm -hmm. um, and uh, Nintendo and the European office in Germany and they did uh, TV advertising. Then again, the Nintendo Entertainment System came, then Super Nintendo came, mm -hmm. PlayStation came and, you know, then the Sega consoles were there like uh, during all the, all of these times. And I started collecting a pretty hardcore fashion back then. But uh, before relocating to Japan for good uh, in 2004, I sold off my entire collection over time. But I, I, I'm guessing given the, the intensity at which you were playing games, you couldn't have sold them in mint condition. Um, a lot of them were mint, but not all of them. Some of them are actually just collected for, for the sake of collecting, uh, but I actually in, uh, you, you know, played a lot of them. So mm. during my you know, high school times and university times, I was looking back at it, it was actually insane. I've not done that, that much gaming. I'm not sure if it's the same sentiment as we know where you came from growing up in Germany, but in Singapore is a huge thing, especially in my time when kids really like to game, but then parents would be like, you know, please stop it, stop gaming, don't waste your time, it's not going to be good for your studies, it's not going to lead you to this great, amazing career path, you're just wasting your time, it's not a good use of time. Was that the same in your case? Because you clearly spent a lot of time gaming, invested a lot into it. 
Um, yeah, so, so my parents actually left me alone uh, as long as I was performing in school mm. and in university later. And uh, So you're like the smart kid who can play games. Yeah, so so I was like uh, performing well enough apparently for my for my parents. So mm. the uh, complaining was actually at the at a very very low level, or almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that you know the stereotypical like Asian parents, they actually are very strict when it comes to, um, when it comes about uh, to video gaming or mobile gaming or something mm-hmm. like that because it's quote unquote like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not really like that in in Europe, I would say. Was it the same in Japan? Because Japan, I mean, like Tokyo is like it is sort of like a mecca for gaming, right? Yeah, I think that in Japan it's a little bit different because like gaming is a part at least of the pop culture if mm-hmm. not the culture itself mm. so it's a little bit different uh, but I know that in Southeast Asia you know um, I heard a lot of uh, this absolutely anecdotal of course but mm-hmm. I heard a lot of stories like yours you know where where parents are saying well gaming is a total waste of time what are you doing with it you should study mm-hmm. you know and get ahead in life you know and things like that it's really not like that in, in the West I would say right. or in Japan and before we delve into NFT gaming would you say that gaming a lot in your, you know, in your early years actually helped with your outlook in life? Did it even teach you anything about personal finance or, you know, life skills in general? Yeah, so so I think that you know my eye hand coordination is probably very good. Mm-hmm. You know, after after all of these thousands and tens of thousands of hours of of, of playing games, um, and you know, uh, you know, with my collection, I actually made it a point to uh, also always like uh, sell off games and then buy games used and you know things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I would say that now that I'm older and looking back I would say I should have not not played that much you know mm. do, do more sports you know like you know meet real people learn learn something or read a book would, would have been much much better so really? I think that it, it's okay. always it's always like there's a middle ground right mm-hmm. I think that I absolutely exaggerated it you know like mm. totally like, uh, like uh, spent hours and hours of gaming you know while I while I should be out maybe I don't know drinking or clubbing, you know, <laughs> when I was in my university time, for example, right? Mm. I, but I really, I did do that, but not to the extent that I should have done it. Right. Okay. That is uh, that is very interesting. So going into the rise of NFTs and NFT gaming, especially play-to-earn games, given that you've been tracking like the gaming space for a really long time and NFT gaming is a lot more nascent, how did this come about and who were the first movers? Uh, yeah, so I've, I myself have been now a game industry professional like for about twelve years now, mm-hmm. you know, and you know actually do, uh, earning my living uh, with the, with the, inside the game industry and being part of the game industry. Yep. And I would say that you know NFT games, play to earn games, you know that whole kind of like new, uh, you know, paradigm mm. in, in the in the game industry started about. Um, 2018 to maybe very early early examples 2017 something around uh, around that range so mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, basically like for three four five years um, mm-hmm. it depends on your definition you know mm-hmm. of, of of these of these concepts and how sophisticated these games were mm-hmm. but that is the general time frame so it's a very new it's a very new form of gaming when you consider that gaming uh, basically started uh, in in the 1970s right and maybe the the transition of games because we've gone from free to play to play to earn, right? Increasingly, it's gone from paying for games that you literally you buy the game cartridge or you buy the CD-ROM and then you play it and then it's become free and then like there's a freemium model and then now there's play to earn. So clearly there's been this paradigm shift with regards to money exchange when it comes to gaming. Yeah, with uh, NFT gaming or play-to-earn gaming, you know, the, the developer of, of the game is basically making a promise, right? So they're basically saying the more you engage with the game, 
the longer your sessions are, your gaming sessions are, the more money you can make in mm. terms of the uh, you know the the coins or the tokens that are being used in, in inside the game that you can later you know uh, trade off for for real money right yeah. uh, and uh, so it's 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 a completely different landscape it's a completely different uh, you know way of thinking about games when you uh, when you compare paid gaming model the so called premium gaming model contrasted to the free to play gaming model that came later mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, now you have uh, the play to earn um, they are play to earn, uh, you know, gaming model. These are three totally, completely different uh, concepts. Mm -hmm. um, so, in in the play to earn games today, uh, everybody can yes. earn um, a currency in, in, inside the game in question. Even if you're not a, a, a good gamer, it really depends on uh, the time uh, that you invest in the in the game in question. Mm. With that, you know, we are sort of seeing people see this as. An opportunity or something that is, you know, they they look at it and say that okay, you know, I can do that as well. I can actually use it on money, and then you know, all of a sudden it kind of becomes like a side gig, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So theoretically, it does sound feasible, but how realistic and reliable is it actually as a side hustle? Um, I would say that it really depends on the game that you play mm -hmm. uh, and uh, how many rewards the game that you play is actually giving to you based on your time. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the landscape right now, you know, during the time of the recording here, um, you know, there are some games uh, that are play to earn mm -hmm. uh, that actually give, uh, uh, you know, I would say quite nice uh, rewards depending on your on your definition of uh, of uh, nice, mm -hmm. nice rewards. Uh, you know, you can earn $20, $10, $30, $40 per day. Exactly. And if we're talking about, you know, like 10, 20 USD, 10, 20 USD in Singapore would be very different from that equivalent in Vietnam or the Philippines, right? Which is why it will make a big socioeconomic difference for somebody in the Philippines. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the side hustle is correct for, you know, more developed countries. Mm -hmm. The emerging economies, in some emerging economies, you know, play-to-earn games are big. So mm -hmm. that's the, at the moment, you know, that's the public image of play-to-earn games that, you know, they're especially popular uh, in certain jurisdictions where, you know, you have a lot of people that have, uh, you know, comparatively lower income mm -hmm. and uh, they can actually make more money playing games Mm -hmm. Sounds like a dream job, you know. Mm -hmm. They can make more uh, money playing games than, you know, working as a, I don't know, security guard or as a, as a delivery driver or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And the important point I think about this uh, discussion here is is that you know at least so far this has been happening at scale. Mm. So it, it's not just like uh, 200 guys in a certain country that are, you know, making a kind of living off of playing games, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, that are give, giving out, you know, crypto in, you know, for that time. But, uh, you know, there are thousands and thousands of people who have uh, chosen that kind of, uh, you know, uh, path in their lives. And, you know, there are people who have abandoned their real world jobs in order to just be playing games. Right. Uh, so I think that play to earn games uh, are a real concept at, the, at this point in time. Like you mentioned, it really depends on the games that you play and the returns that the, the yes. game developer puts out. Yes. So yes. correct me if I'm wrong, but then for, let's say for, you know, the you know, often talked about name, which is in, in, in this space is XE Infinity. Has their payouts changed over time? Uh, yes. It also really depends on how um, uh, the coin or the token inside the game, uh, it has a value, right? And the value fluctuates like mm. all cryptos, right? Mm. Um, and in the case of Axie Infinity, Infinity uh, the rewards are not as sexy as they used to be a couple yep. of months ago mm. because the value of the of the coin that is associated, I think they have, even have two coins inside the game, mm. um, associated uh, you know, with Axie Infinity has, has been uh, declining over time together with the general crypto market right. that has also been um, in a decline um, you know, 
know, in recent months at the time of this uh, of, of this recording. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so so the more valuable the coin is or the token is inside the game, uh, the more you can farm mm-hmm. get, playing it, uh, the better you know the economic result is for you. Do you actually see full-time NFT gamers? Like you mentioned, there are some, right? There are some people who actually dedicate their entire day to actually being in the game and playing and just earning that. Oh, yeah. So, so especially like in emerging economies, there are like a lot of people who are not doing anything else. Mm. And uh, it appears that, you know, they also put their kids on it, you know, because you just because these games are not so sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like even older, older, uh, older uh, ladies and gentlemen are, you know, playing uh, games like X Infinity, for example, because mm-hmm. it makes sense for them. Mm. Right. So because they can uh, they can contribute to the living of the of the family that they are, uh, that they live uh, together with uh, through uh, through playing games. Uh, uh, and through playing, uh, especially through uh, through playing games uh, that don't have uh, you know really sophisticated game mechanics, right? And I want to put a different lens to it, right? Because for Axie Infinity to be paying its players, because you know when we looked at the the era of um, free to play, people think that it's free, but they are actually dedicating their time and energy to actually interacting in the game, and that actually right. builds the that actually builds the assets of the game, if you will. Right. So for a company like Axie Infinity or any of these game developers, what is the mechanics of them paying out to their players? Like why do they pay it out? How do they actually price it? Maybe can you talk us through that process? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, for free-to-play games, you know, you don't only give, uh, give you know, your time, uh, but you also give uh, your data, right? Mm. If you think about certain platforms like, you know, on Facebook, for example, right? Or yes. even even on mobile games, you know, you, mm-hmm. give, you give these guys data. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, so uh, or... And ad you know, revenue. Ad revenue. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say, right? And of course, there are the, some of the other in-app purchases also being, you know, pushed to you. And sometimes, you know, people are saying, okay, uh, I don't have any patience anymore, and now I will pay that dollar so I, I can jump th- over that level and c- just continue and go on with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that in the in the play to earn uh, earn space, uh, so the, uh, the answer to your question is it's um, really compl- complicated, uh, complex mathematics. Mm. Uh, so because uh, these are play to earn games. They're big undertakings. You know, these are big projects. They're not very simple in terms of uh, in terms of the in-game economy, mm-hmm. right? So they are like uh, people who are specializing in in-game economies of crypto games now, and they have been also, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, people who have been uh, focusing on in-game economies in games in free-to-play games, um, you know, for years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and actually, some of them moved moved to the crypto space. So it's actually quite complex uh, to design. Uh, Play to earn games in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the economic factors that are going in, like what you said, like how much money, how how can they determine like how much, um, how many rewards, how many people are getting over time, and mm-hmm. how does that, how does that change over time? Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to make a comment on that mm-hmm. because I think that it's a very very complex uh, undertaking that you know these guys have to go through. Mm, got it. Okay. What should people be looking out for when they get started on? play to earn games because especially just now when you talked about um, monetization you said it really depends on the titles that you play so what are the things that people should look out for right I mean I, I think that first of all I think that you know play to earn games are not for everybody mm. right so uh, a lot of people are saying they're too boring uh, they are too simple mm-hmm. uh, they are not fun 
So uh, they are basically, I just they need to click. If you think about X infinity, there's a lot of clicking involved. There's mm. not a lot of strategy involved. It's very grindy. Kind yeah, very of grindy. Yeah. So it's really not for everybody. Um, but if, if you make a decision, if you say, well, I want to earn uh, money just by playing games, um, and at least as a side hustle. You make a little bit. So let's say you are a high school student, or you university student, or you are you just have a part time job, want to make a little bit more money. Uh, then I would say, you know, if you do research, I think mm -hmm. that you know there's a, a like a group of games that is always popping up, and X Infinity is now the poster child mm -hmm. uh, of that movement. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are some that are uh, you know that are usually popping up. And if if I have to also add that one, uh, there's also new play to earn games coming out all the time. Right. And I think that if you know a little bit about games, you can, I think, gauge a little bit of the quality of the of an upcoming game. And if you're one of the early adopters, if you get on the whitelist early, if you get early access to that game, uh, if you can farm, you know, uh, farm the currency that is being, you know, given to you in that game early, uh, I think that you know you, you can uh, you can make a at least in the beginning stages where after the game is live, you can make a you know a pretty good uh, you know pretty good side hustle out of it. Mm, yeah. Okay, so being able to sort of form an opinion on the quality of the game and maybe the longevity of it. Yes, yes, but this is for for the early games, right? Mm. So even so, some games are out there. You know, you can you can test them. For example, you can you know, beta test them, and you actually they reward you even for doing that. Yes. Um, and uh, but for that, I think that you know you need to know uh, one of two things about games. For example, if it helps if you were a console gamer or if you if you at least played mobile games before. So if you're the average Joe who has never played a game before, I would say that you know go to Axie Infinity. For example, mm. yeah. what are some other titles that um, that come to mind? Let's say that you know I'm totally fresh to to the NFT gaming space. Apart from Axie Infinity, what else should I be? What games should I be exploring? Um, yeah, so I think that Axie uh, Infinity has basically trailblazed everything, mm. right? So uh, I would say that you know for for other games, it's it's really really difficult to basically compete with that game on a kind of hype level, on mm -hmm. a kind of popularity level. Uh, but I would say another good one is uh, the Sandbox, mm -hmm. which is basically, as the name suggests, it's like a kind of like a virtual world uh, where you can play games. Uh, where you can socialize with other people. So if you do certain activities, if you're active in the community in that game, um, in that game, if you contribute, uh, you can, uh, you know, uh, you will get rewarded with NFTs. Mm that you can sell off then after that you get awarded with sand which is the currency in, in that game there's uh, other games like gods unchained mm -hmm. yeah. uh, there is um, uh, splinterlands yes. alien world mm. you know a, a couple couple of these games but it requires a certain bit of uh, a certain bit of research to uh, to actually figure out um, at that point in time where you want to enter the game and uh, want to start your side hustle uh, how lucrative it is because right. it fluctuates over time mm. yeah Got it. Yeah, I think the point on it fluctuating is you mentioned and it's really difficult for someone to pinpoint before they get started. Yeah, and I mean, also about, you know, also about the word side hustle. I mean, the side hustle, yes, at the moment, but, you know, if you spot a game early, you can make a fortune. Mm. If you think about the sandbox, for example, the the the, the virtual world that I just mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, you know, uh, one, uh, one cent, that's the name of the, uh, of, the, yeah, of the token, yes. was a couple cent. Mm-hmm. 
And now at the time of this recording, it's close to $4. Mm. It used to be over $8 at all time high just a couple of weeks ago. Yep. So imagine, you know, you are a play to earn enthusiast. You look at you, you say, hey, I'm going to make a living out of this. You spot these games early and you have an understanding of the quality of the game early on and you invest time in playing the game early on. You're an early adopter. You can make really, without any exaggeration, a fortune if you're one of the lucky ones. It's <laughs> much harder than, you know, what I describe it now to be. Mm -hmm. But if you're one of the early adopters, of Sandbox, you can basically retire. And that's really not a, an exaggeration because at the early days, one cent was, I think, one cent mm. or less than one cent. And, and, and how, let's say if you dedicated even my first five hours gaming, four hours. Let's say you have your dinner and then you, you spend four, four hours in gaming. Like how many, how many cents can you actually get in a day? Oh, now it's it's difficult. Yeah, mm. now because one cent is uh, is is four dollars. Uh, it uh, difficult difficult to say now. Maybe a couple dollars, maybe mm. maybe a couple cent. Mm. Um, if you contribute, so if you if you create games, for example, because it's a it's kind of like a you know platform, you know, where other people can create Play, assets yes. and p p actual real complete entire games, uh, then you can actually make a lot of cent because mm -hmm. then the the community or the project rewards you mm. with coins. But uh, again, you know, in the, in the early days, even for very, very simple actions, you, uh, they were showering you with, with sand. And uh, full disclosure, I, I was, unfortunately, I was not one of them. <laughs> so I'm kicking myself every time, you know, when I think about it, uh, so that I, uh, that I missed the early days of, of uh, the sandbox. Because it was a very ambitious project back then. I should have known. Mm. Yeah. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So In hindsight, it's 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 yeah, it's it's easy to say, but it, it's um, a lot more than a side hustle if you bet on uh, on a, on a game early on. Got it. So to round up today's discussion, what would you tell a Singaporean kid who is saying, "Hey, you know, I'm going to start NFT gaming as your as my side hustle." What would you tell him as somebody who is a hardcore gamer and somebody who's deep into the NFT gaming space? Uh, yeah, so, so I think that uh, don't expect too much uh, fun out of these games because uh, I would say that Sandbox is fun. You know, mm -hmm. Sandbox, I think it's an exception, but the other games are rather simple. There are exceptions. You know, the exception, there are some hardcore uh, play-to-earn games that are now popping up, but mm -hmm. I would say that generally speaking, if you think about Axie Infinity, if you're a hardcore gamer, if you uh, expect a Pokemon-like kind of like deep experience, like with super nice graphics and with rewarding moments inside the game, etc., it's probably not what you want. Mm -hmm. But if you want to make a little bit of, uh, of uh, money, want to look in the, into the in, into the space, it's not that hard. You know, mm. get a wallet, you know, and, um, you know, some of these games are browser-based. You, know, you don't even need to download a client. You right. can play them inside the inside your computer browser. Uh, get a wallet, com uh, you know, connect the wallet to the game, and then you can start just uh, figuring out uh, how fun it actually is, how, how lucrative it might be. Um, and uh, so, um, uh, so you don't have to be young to do that, right? I mean, the, this goes... Probably to to almost everybody listening to this uh, to this podcast, it's not really a difficult undertaking. Uh, so Axie Infinity requires to you to make an investment. Mm -hmm. So you need to buy. I think it's like a set of three monsters that sets you uh, sets you up in the game. And then uh, you have to pay, I think, a couple thousand uh, Singapore dollars to mm -hmm. just get, get into the game. But if you want, don't want to do that, you can get actually a scholarship from another company. Uh, you know, uh, there's uh, some uh, some companies out there now that are you know specializing on that. So you can get a so-called scholarship from a company that actually finances these uh, axes for you. And then for every the axes is the name of the monsters that you play yes. with in X Infinity. And while you play to earn. During that entire process, mm -hmm. you gave give uh, you pay back 
the the uh, the scholarship uh, uh, provider uh, based on your earnings. So it's like a ref share model. So they are basically sponsoring that that initial capital. That is correct. And they call it a scholarship. Yeah, That's they call the- it they call it the scholarship. And I think that the most uh, biggest company in that space is called Yield Game Yield Yield Games. Guild well, Games. Yeah, okay. YGG, and they're based out of the Philippines. So you don't mm. have to make if you want to be a hardcore Axie Infinity player, for example, you don't want to have to make that in- initial investment. They're financing it for you. And do they actually screen, do they, is there a screening process and, you know, with regards um, to like your commitment level? Or? Uh, yeah, so, so, so I mean, it's because it's all on the blockchain, mm. right? Uh, so uh, they have uh, full control, they have uh, full transparency and uh, it's, it's, it's not really that difficult uh, to get it all uh, get it all set up, and I think that a lot of the uh, a lot of people, especially in places like the Philippines, mm-hmm. actually get their uh, first Xe Infinity uh, experience through uh, uh, a sponsored model. Right. Okay. I think that's been super fascinating. I think what we've learned today is that with these new technologies coming up, I think it's increasingly possible for anyone to to earn money from different channels. Right. 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 And I, I, even back in my years growing up, earning money through gaming was, you know, not possible at all, yes, right? And you I, were just I, I spending it, loads of money on it. Right, the opposite, yeah. right? I think that uh, play to earn will get uh, more uh, sophisticated over time. I think that we're just at the beginning. Got it. Thanks so much, Sirkan, for being with us today. I think we learned a lot and I think we got a lot of good advice, especially for people who are looking to NFT gaming, either as a hobby or a side hustle. I think we got quite a, um, a lot of like good data points on how much we can realistically earn from it and how it would actually translate to utility in the Singapore terms. Thank you again. Thank you. And we'll see you the next time. Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcasts at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at misfitfi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on MeListen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from MediaCorp and recorded at Skate Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time. <laughs>